Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi there and welcome to the Explaining History podcast and this is Nick Shepley and this is a follow-on from the last podcast that I did on the subject of German moralities during the war. I want to talk today a little bit about German moralities after the war, and about history and memory and the Holocaust. And studying memory is a very kind of exploding area within um, historical discourse at the moment, Um, understanding how memory shapes societies and what we choose to remember and what we choose to forget. And obviously, from 1945 onwards, there was an awful lot to want to forget in Germany. And there are a number of problems with memory. Firstly, Germany had been an aggressor nation, but could also see itself as a victim victim nation. The German people looked at the uh, battles lost, they looked at the tragedies endured, um, they looked at the Um, cities bombed out, the cities occupied, and this did help to draw away attention an awful lot from some of the crimes perpetrated, again, in other European countries, but specifically the crime of the Holocaust, which was a topic that was, um, they were keen not to address. At the end of the war, the uh, US and British authorities Um, and the normally military authorities uh, decided to force German people in certain parts of the country to come and view concentration camps for themselves, to look at them firsthand. And and the uh, shock and horror and disgust um, was mirrored by also an insistence that the people in question didn't know what was happening on their doorstep, because these were local people uh, close to places like Mauthausen and uh, Bergen-Belsen who were forced to come and witness such things. The Allied military authorities found the process of denazification also a lot more complex than they had thought. It transpired that um, Hitler wasn't universally unpopular and Nazism itself wasn't universally unpopular throughout Germany even at the end of the war. The attempt to 
redesign the education system was exceedingly difficult and the uh, particularly the uh, most indoctrinated members of German society had been the youth um, finding um, things to replace institutions like the Hitler Youth um, was was problematic and things that were going to be as as accepted. Part of the deal that the um, post-war Chancellor of Germany, Konrad Adenauer, made with the United States was that in order for Germany um, to uh, participate in NATO, in order for Germany to agree to participate in NATO and thus become a central part of the United States' uh, new policy of containment of the Soviet Union, the subject of the Holocaust had to be quietly dropped. The German people had to be allowed to brush it under the carpet. And this ultimately would do Germany no good at all. Uh, the question of what the older generation had done during the war would return to Germany in terms of protests and later terrorism from the late 1960s through to the 1970s. In the mid-1950s, Adenauer pardoned 800,000 former Nazi Party members. Obviously, the majority of these were rank-and-file party members. However, there were a significant number of quite senior Nazis um, who had managed to avoid the prosecutions at the end of the war, avoid Nuremberg, and go underground. In some ways, the Nuremberg trials had been useful, and others quite counterproductive, because once the trials had concluded and senior members of the Nazi regime, um, of the army, and senior heads of industry who had supplied uh, things like Zyklon B, uh, senior heads of companies like uh, cartels like IG Farben, had been prosecuted uh, and sentences carried out, um, the there was a sense that, uh, of an ending, of an end, of finality, of resolution, and that sense of resolution was necessarily more for Allied populations, more for the British, more for the uh, Americans, to some extent the Poles, and definitely the Russians, to allow them to have some kind of closure that justice had, on some level, been done. It also enabled a great deal of guilty men to go free. It enabled the numbers of people prosecuted at uh, Nuremberg, who uh, the numbers of, of people eventually caught for war crimes, has been a tiny, tiny fraction uh, of those really involved. The uh, means by which Nazis escaped at the end of the war is perhaps a subject for a different podcast. Not all of them went to South America, a great many stayed within Germany and became leading members in the new regime. Even those who were not uh, heads of security or heads of intelligence or uh, finance ministers under the new post-war West German regime were still um, pivotal um, parts of the, of the new system. There were bankers, postmasters, station masters, uh, civil servants, engineers, architects. The, the people that make society go, um, various echelons of them, 
had been Nazis and many had participated in the crimes of the regime. And a generation from the 1950s onwards grow up being more than aware of this. The young people who were not given any clear kind of answers or honest answers by their parents by the mid to late 1960s are formulating their own version of what they think the new West German Republic is. It would be the, the young people of 1968 who would be most fiercely critical of the West German Republic. By 1968, West Germany is being used as a um, staging post for the Vietnam War. Rammstein Air Base particularly is a place where um, B-52 bombers fly from and uh, troop transports from Vietnam on the way back to America stop and there's a large American hospital there for wounded GIs. The fact of the matter about the Vietnam War was that it obviously galvanised a great deal of worldwide opposition, um, much of it localised and not necessarily particularly linked up. But in Germany, the generation of 1968 equated Germany's involvement uh, Germany's sort of assisting of America in the Vietnam War with a continuation of fascism itself. I don't really think you can make this case particularly, but it doesn't really matter what we think. It's most important for us to understand the mentality and the thinking of the generation of 1968. They had been quite uniformly lied to and misled about Germany's past, and they were not entirely incorrect in stating that they were still surrounded by Nazis. They were. They're, they alleged that if one was to peel back the veneer of democratic capitalist West Germany, Nazism lurked underneath, and the um, attempt uh, by America to assert itself imperially in Southeast Asia was simply a new incarnation of Nazism, uh, or a new incarnation of some kind of fascism, um, assisted by a kind of German... Um, crypto-fascism. Obviously, you know, not a particularly scientific critique, but what results from this is the uh, a, a very radical protest movement, uh, and out of that protest movement uh, springs, by the late 1960s, early 1970s, the Red Army Faction, or the Badermeinhof Gang, who go on to terrorise Germany, for the rest of the 1970s, and factions of the Bader-Meinhof gang, generations of the Bader-Meinhof gang, continue up until 1994. Now, obviously, I just talked about West Germany there. What happened with the memory of the Holocaust in the East? Well, in the East, again, it's far more complex. The um, Jews are seen, firstly, as victims of fascism. So, the they the idea of there being a separate Jewish tragedy, um, both in East Germany and also in Poland, is seen as rather an unfashionable way to think about things. These were either, both, either German or Polish victims of fascism because following the end of World War II, a new pro-American Jewish state exists in the Middle East and is persona non grata uh, in the Soviet bloc. 
therefore um, creating a, a platform in the eyes of the uh, Soviet bloc by which the Jews can have some sort of, kind of sense of legitimacy in the Middle East is, is clearly a very unpopular thing to do. And once again, in the East, many former Nazis lived on. They were given a simple choice at the end of the war. The SS and Gestapo men who were captured and faced uh, either a firing squad or a lifetime breaking rocks in Siberia were offered a far more palatable uh, alternative. They were offered the alternative of retaining their role as state secret policemen uh, except simply uh, abandoning uh, Mein Kampf, the Das Kapital, um, and becoming born-again uh, Marxist-Leninists overnight. And they you know, embraced this option. It still allowed them to carry out a, a largely similar role with just a different ideology. And it shows how malleable people in those situations can choose to be. The official um, Soviet uh, legend that was... Uh, taught in schools and perpetrated generally through the the public in post-war Germany is that the Red Army liberated and oppressed Germany from fascism. And the actual crimes of the Red Army committed on German soil once again were a subject erased from the history books and erased from historical memory. Now perhaps even now, not quite fully addressed. And Germany isn't alone in not having fully uh, been able to come to terms with the legacy of the Holocaust, though strident efforts um, have been evidenced in the last two deco decades. Um, the uh, appearance of Gerhard Schroeder, the German Chancellor, at uh, the commemoration of the liberation of Auschwitz in 2005 uh, was a, 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 an unprecedented historical first and the uh, huge museum to the Holocaust and to the Jewish people in Berlin is obviously a world centre um, of, of this particular study. The rest of Europe is comparatively silent on the subject of its complicity in the Holocaust, because we have to remember that um, collaborationist fascist regimes in France, in the Netherlands, and in Belgium, and Italy, and a whole range of other uh, European countries in the West and the East um, were happy to collaborate in the deportation of their Jews. The one notable exception is Denmark, where the Danish people managed to um, evacuate the majority of Danish Jews to Sweden during 1943. Um, for a better discussion of this, you should read Tony Judd's essay, The Houses of the Dead, which is the last essay in his book, Post War, which is a, a magisterial read, and I recommend it to, to everybody. Um, anyway, that's that for now. Um, if you have any questions, answers, queries, theories, or what have you, drop me a line at info at explaininghistory.com. You can visit my site, www.explaininghistory.com, and I'll be 
pursuing this little theme of memory a little bit more in the next few weeks. And so I'd love to have a bit of dialogue going here and uh, discussion, because this is obviously a very contentious area um, and no two opinions are, are the same. Thanks very much for listening and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.